Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G, with me as always. The man who in 2021, this year, word, will be gaining a wife. Say what? And I'm thinking of showing up to his wedding with Justin Evangelista as my plus one. Dave Burles, Berlin. Let's go. Happy yes. 2021, everybody. Yes. That is correct. Yes. I will be off the market. Yes. And will. Doc G yes. will be at my wedding. I will. And he, well, he's thinking about it. But he would be hating it the entire time. Yeah. But he would suck it up for me. Yes, it's true. All and of I those would be things. Very appreciative. All of those things are true. Now, Dave, I did. I haven't checked. I mean, I got your invitation. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually like looked yes. at it in detail. Um, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> do Do I get a plus one? Do I even get that? You get a yes. You Ooh-hoo. get a plus one. Yes. Everyone gets a plus one. Yes. Justin is coming. I am making him yes. come. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. He is my plus one. Yes. The virgin bat will be there. That's right. Yes. Let's go. Menage <sighs> trois back together. Oh, um, if we could if we could record a show in Mexico, <sighs> that would be awesome. We will. We will. Unless Justin has two important things to do. Girl, come on. Like yeah, he comes up with a random excuse. Like school. Blam. If he does, nerd. If he does, don't worry. I'm bringing Demarcus. There'll be some. There'll yes. be some co-host of the show Claude, coming. To- anybody? Claude will come. <laughs> That's true. I Claude is down for a trip. I will bring Claude. That is true. If yes. Justin doesn't come, Claude will come. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. Dave, how was how was your break from the show? How was it? Good man, I had to fill my you know my Wednesday nights, dude. Yeah. It's um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was weird, you know, I because your day becomes so set around the podcast game, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and the and the radio show game. It's that, true. W- that that blank space was was weird. A hole to in not your have. heart, yes, a hole right. in your heart. Yeah, I had yeah. to I had to exercise more. I had to like mm-hmm. do chores, and and mm-hmm. I couldn't use the Doc G show as an excuse. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a fact. I'm it exci- got cold. It did. I think I think the the do- the world got cold. You know, because it, it literally no a show. cold front over the whole world blanket. <laughs> yes, Man. correct, correct. I'm excited to be back. How on was the yours? Air. I'm excited. I'm. Uh, we we don't need yeah. to talk about the break. That you know. Well, okay. well there's one thing. I I, I said there's one thing. Uh, and uh, you know, and it's one of the reasons I'm excited to have my weekly therapy session back here with you and the audience. Yes. Um, yes. And speaking of that, there is one thing I wanted to talk about over the break. Uh, okay. I had to take my car in for a little service, mm. and Dave, it was during this trip that I came to a conclusion about myself. Yeah. Okay. And, and that conclusion is that normal people feel mm-hmm. too comfortable around me mm-hmm. in admitting morally unacceptable or questionable behavior. Hmm. <laughs> like, 
It's it's because you don't look like you have a sense of authority. Well, so. I, yeah, I've come to the conclusion. It's like it's the long hair, it's the beard, it's the generally you know who cares demeanor that I usually have. They think right, the like laissez faire, you know. Yeah, yeah, they they think I'm some kind of Jesus lookalike confessional that they That's can just right. be like, yeah, I'll tell him. Who cares? It's fine. Let's, right. let's get this off my chest, right? Okay. Actually, I, before I get you to the, the example of the, the car example, I'll give you an example of this happening in the past. Um, me and one of my former bosses, uh, we were working on assignment. Uh, we were writing this assignment together in his office. And this guy, he's, he's fairly older. He has uh, kids that are adults, you know. He's really nice, super courteous guy. And uh, as we're working, he's like, oh, man, it's getting, it's getting pretty late. I need to, I need to get, get home soon. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, probably should try to finish this up soon. He's like, well, it's my anniversary tonight, so it's pretty, it's pretty important. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. He was like, uh, I got to tell you, my wife, she, uh, she... She showed me what she'd be wearing tonight. Wait, what? She laid it out on the oh bed my. this morning. And I was like, no, okay. Uh, it's a, you know, trying to move along. He's like, ha But, Ben, I'm hoping she won't be wearing it long tonight, if you know what I mean. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> and I was just like, what? What? Ew. <laughs> Which, I... I, it took me so long to get that image out of my head, Dave. So long. So long. <laughs> um, and then... The after, question is, the next day, did he come back and, and give you more no, details? No. Well, luckily, I didn't uh, see him the next day. So, God. you know, oh, it, hopefully God. it passed. But uh, yeah. th- I, th- then it made me curious. I was like, is this just a side that I haven't seen of this dude before? Mm. You know, so yeah. So I went around and I asked some other people that worked with him, and they're like, "What? No! Why would he ever say anything like that? No way he said that to you. There's no way." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, he did. He did." And I came to the conclusion that he was just like, "Yeah, Ben's a perv. He'll understand. Let's throw this out here. <laughs> See how he thinks about this." Like, you know. And, and, it, it was like kind of locker room talk, but yeah. then you just started gossiping about your coworker's sex life. So yeah, well, Ew. these these types of things though they happen to me a lot. Like I've had people, and this, these are no exaggerations. They've I've had people admit porn addictions to me, mm. petty crimes. Wow. Mm. One person told me how they put into a bag and threw it into an elevator. Wait, what? What? That oh happened. My gosh. That happened. And these were all unprovoked. It's not like I was like, hey, tell me something that you don't normally tell people. Like, you know? So true. Which brings me back to my car for a little service. So I'm yeah. I, I'm sitting there uh, waiting with the service dude. By the way, services mm-hmm. dude's name, Dave. Yeah. And yeah, uh, solid guy. Gave you great service. He, he wasn't bad, but inter- average, average, average. In- interesting <laughs> curve at the end. Uh, he's tallying up the service, and all of a sudden the phone rings, and he mm-hmm. answers, and it's one of his mechanics from the garage in the back, and he's like, "What's up?" Yeah, and and you know you hear him talking back and forth, and he's like, "Wait, you only have one of those parts? No, 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 you got to use it for the SUV for the old lady. I don't care what Michelle said." 
I don't care what she said it's used for. I requested that part a f ago. And that old lady is going to lose her if she doesn't get her car. Jeez. And then he slams the phone Man, down. There you go, Dave. Way to advocate for your old lady. <laughs> he slams the phone down, and as he's slamming the phone down, he's like, have another joint, you effing stoner. Wait, what? And then <laughs> then he looks up at me, and it's like that realization, like, whoops, probably, probably shouldn't have said that in front of a customer. But instead of actually, like, backtracking or just trying to move mm -hmm. on, he goes a little deeper, and he's like, sure. Back there in the garage, they can smoke as many joints as they want, but up here, I can't smoke any, you know what I mean? Huh? And I was like, uh, it's like, what? <laughs> I, was, I, I think was, he thinks you look like a pothead. Well, I'm just like, I'm <laughs> like, what are you, uh, Dave, this is supposed to be a professional place of business, not a Grateful Dead concert in California. I'm, I'm pretty sure neither of you can get stoned. I'm pretty sure that's the rules here. Plus, you guys are working with my car. I'd rather not think yeah, that either. You not be, <laughs> yeah, not both, be high right now. Both being under full conscious, all right? I want you to be fully focused on the job at hand. So true. So anyways, I guess what I'm saying, Dave, is I should become like a a, a therapist or a counselor. I don't know. I Yeah. I, I guess mean, I... You have a PhD. You can call yourself, you know, doctor, <laughs> you know, Doc G. And just, you just put, you know, just misrepresent my license. It's fine. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm a licensed you know, counselor. You, sure. That's what it is. You know, sure. Doc, I, I have a problem. Talk to me. I am a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the way. And then when they come back and sue me, I can be like, well, I just said in well, general, some well, type of doctor. Sure, you know, you can say you help people who had porn addictions and just, all these other things just, and just drug like, abuse or whatever. <laughs> just like a, a, in supplements, I can have at the bottom, I can just have not an actual therapist all over the bottom. But then everything yeah. else... Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Anyways, yes. while I'm looking for a couch, you want to fire the show up, Dave? Hmm. Let's fire it up, buddy. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Woo! 2021. 2021. We've been trying That's to right. schedule this fella for, for, for almost a year. Actually, a little over a no, year. Man. Uh, fantastic Negrito on the show. Woo! Yes, sir. Man, I mean, and let me tell you something about this this guy. This guy. Tell me. Tell me. He's a life liver. Word. He has seen mm -hmm. some life, man. Just yeah. Just like Doug Seegers, just like Travis Meadows. This guy has been through some life. I mean, right. My my God, he ran away from home when he was twelve. Wait, what? 12. Goodness gracious. And he never went back. Like, you know, if I would have ran away at 12, I would have, like, got a sandwich at my friend's house, and then at, like, 9 p.m., I would have been like, all right, nah, I should probably go yeah, back. Yeah, take a little nap or that whatever, was, get home. That was, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm better about whatever I was mad at my dad about. Okay, let's go back home. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, no, no, not not this mm -hmm. dude. Not this dude. He was he was gone. 12. Never came back. Jeez. What? What? I would have been like a house cat that's never been outside. I would have instantly died. I would have just been like, I don't know what to do. And just horrible. He, he just completely on his own. And then became a, 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 a world-famous musician that's won two Grammys. What? 
What? <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. Can't wait to talk to him. It's going to be good. Okay, but first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Let's go. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, um, Dave, I got bad news. We've got two actors. Girl, come on. And I know that's not your no. forte. Yeah, I know. I know. Now this uh, this first one right. though, he I mean he's been in some recent things and some very popular mm -hmm. things. I know you know mm -hmm. who he is. I just don't know if you can recall his name. I'm pretty confident. Seventy two percent. Seventy two percent. Okay, that's that's pretty good for a, for an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So born in Canterbury, England, on January thirteenth, nineteen seventy seven. Our birthday suit wearer mm -hmm. discovered he was dyslexic in middle school, and as a result, his mother mm -hmm. encouraged him to be in more art and drama classes. In mm -hmm. 1993, he moved to London to follow a uh, or to enroll in a two-year A-level course in drama, photography, and sculpture. He started getting roles in both film and TV. His first major role, it was a big one. He was chosen to play Legolas what? in Lord of the Rings. Hmm? Mm. Hmm? No? Then... No, I didn't watch Lord of the Rings. I mean, he, I saw one of them, but anyways, keep going. <laughs> he was chosen to play in the movie series Pirates of the Caribbean. And in 2004, he played in the movie Troy. Hmm. In 2011, he starred in The Three Musketeers. In 2013, he made his Broadway debut in Romeo and Juliet. Currently, he's dating Katy Perry. In fact, they have a kid together. I didn't know that. Hmm. I was not aware of this. Nope. Anyways, name that birthday suit wearer. I obviously did Who not... Was he? <laughs> not... Who was he in, in the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh, I forget his name. Um... You know, he's, he's one of the main characters. Yeah, he's the good guy. Not he, Johnny Depp, but the other one. Yeah. Orlando Bloom. Okay, yeah, there it is. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Dave, Dave got an actor. He did it. He did it. Yes. That's like one of the few guys I know. <laughs> I, well, I mean, that's what I thought. Like, I mean, you know, he's 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 a big name in the dude actor ranges. You know, he was especially yeah. like when you were a young buck, when you were going through like middle school, that guy was it. Yeah. He was like the yeah. really big. Yep. The dude. I mean, and like you look at that, like right around that like 2002 to like 2008 range, he was like in everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the Lord of the right. Rings, the Pirates of the Caribbean, <clears throat> Troy. Like, those are, th like, two huge movie series, and then Troy was huge. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyways, I didn't know any. I didn't know they had a kid together. Katy Perry and him. What? Me? That's, I was like, that's, I was like, I feel like that sh clue should help me, but I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. They snuck right by me with that one. I had no idea. No idea. Anyways, turn to the big 4-3 uh, Orlando Bloom. He looks younger nice. than that. Looks good for 4-3. Yeah, you got a little baby face, yeah. He does. Happy he does. birthday, Orlando. Definitely. I, I, don't, I still don't think he can grow a full beard. I don't think he can. Oh, no way. No, no way. No. But you know what? His hair looks good. So, there you go. That's correct. True. You know? 
You, you give and take. Give and take. Happy birthday, Orlando Bloom. Uh, Dave, yeah. are you ready? Rip some headlines? Hmm. Man, I'm ready. Let's rip it. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Woo! Uh, Dave, do you ever worry about radiation from your phone? Hmm. No. Nuh-uh. Nope. Yeah. I got that thing so close to me at night. <laughs> I... <laughs> Like my brain would be zapped already. I feel like that was more of a worry when f- cell phones first came out, you know? Like, people were talking right. all about it when cell phones first came out. Now there's so many horrible things going on in the world. We're like, yeah, put radiation on the back like, burner. Eh, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Mm, let, let's yeah. focus on we these other things. going to kill us. So. Um, but apparently, we've been living under a rock here in America. Because in England... They, they've got these things. They've been using these things called smart dots and energy mm. dots. Mm-hmm. And these are apparently stickers that, that you put on your phone, and they claim that they counteract harmful energy emitted by wireless and electronic equipment. Wait, what? Bull crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's sort of what I thought. Uh, they claim to aid sleep, cure headaches, and give a cleaner mind. Hmm. Well, uh, BBC was on the same uh, wavelength as me and you, Dave. They were like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't buy it. So they right. decided to <laughs> test out some smart dots, and they sent them to University of Surrey's uh, Innovation Center to be tested. And the researchers right. found there was no evidence of any effect. They couldn't find that they did anything except for stick to the phone. That's basically it. They were good at sticking. Dude, that, that that reminds me of those uh, those wristbands that would like make you it would improve your balance. Yeah, and, titanium and core stability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I went on the smart dot website, Dave, and it says yeah. That smart dots are made from revolutionary quantum technology, the gold oh, standard shoot. in EMF harmonization. Word. Wow. I, I'm going to be honest. Sounds I'm going to need a, a little bit more than that. Like, you're really going to have yep. to throw a lot of science at me to make me believe mm-hmm. a sticker will cure all my problems. So true. Like, right. you're going to have to give me a whole bunch of stuff, but... I was thinking about this, Dave. Seeing these stickers and how successful they mm-hmm. have been up to this point, I think yeah. I'm going to make a sticker called the dot and and say the, the it's what dot and say it's made said. with the gold standard quantum technology and it's backed that this sticker can make bigger and I think it'll sell. I think, dude, you you'd be a millionaire, right? Right? I'll be like tons of the same Think quantum... how many dudes want a bigger this quantum physics. The same quantum technology that smart dots use right here. Say what? Get them while they're hot, folks. Okay. Dave, I may be wrong on this, but... Maybe. I think... Probably not. I think most of us, me, you, the listeners, we can agree that the last thing... You want people to do on an airplane is ha- have them start excitedly chanting things. Wait, what? Right. 
I prefer it, they did not do that. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter what they're saying. I, I don't care what the chant is. I don't want people chanting things. Nope. That would freak me out right. regardless. Uh, right. And that's right. what happened this past Friday on an American Airlines plane. So the American yeah. Airlines plane was going from Washington, D.C. to Arizona, and a large group mm -hmm. of passengers were apparently uh, Trump supporters and mm. felt the need to start chanting. Word. Apparently, they mainly chanted, fight for Trump and USA. Those were their two big chants. Mm. And I and don't... USA. Oh, jeez. I, I don't know if everybody agrees with me here, but I do know the pilot agreed with me. So true. <laughs> because the pilot, in the middle of this chanting... Uh, got on the microphone and said, uh, this is the way it's going to be. It's four and a half hour flight to Phoenix. We'll put this plane down in the middle of Kansas and dump people off. I don't care. We will do whatever it takes. So behave, please. There you and go. Put down <laughs> the microphone. Um, first of all, Dave, Channing USA... You're literally flying over the center of the U.S. There, there's no yeah, need to celebrate it's that. It's a domestic flight. We, we got it. Flight. We know where you're at. <laughs> it's fine. Like, second of all, like I said before, I don't care what people are chanting. It could be a statement that I wholeheartedly agree with. Like, you could start chanting, mm -hmm. Michael Jordan is the goat. If they're chanting that at 30,000 feet up, I'd be like, hey, he's you, the goat at zero have, feet, too. Shut the Ah, you you may have joined in that. <laughs> no, no, not if if it was at the ground. If we were in the airport, yes, I would yeah. join in. I would definitely join in with that. On the plane, no. Planes are for silence. You act like nobody is around you, and you go to sleep. That's what you do on a plane. Yep. No need Man, to change. Are, are you a good Are you a good plane sleeper? Nah, I get really tired, but I don't actually go to sleep that well. You know. Oh. Like I get, yeah. I get, I, I can't, can't, I can't really focus on anything. I can't, like, I try to read something and then I get tired, but I don't actually go to sleep, which is horrible. Right. You know? and yeah, then, I, I feel like I can fall asleep well, but I'm, I guess I'm, I'm in that that like light sleep. Mm, so like yeah. I wake up every like thirty minutes. And I'm like, oh, we're not there yet. Yeah. Another two hours. Yeah. Okay, I'll wake up four more times. Now, true story, Dave. I probably ruined my bladder one time. Wait, what? Uh, because I hate using the uh, the bathrooms on airplanes. I just don't. It's a rule. Mm. I just don't use them. I okay. hate it. Uh, okay. That's, that's a bold move. It's a bold move, and I'll tell you what really ruined my bladder was one time I got on a plane in Charlotte, and I was going mm -hmm. to San Diego, and right mm. as I got on the plane, it's a direct flight, no stop. Yeah. yeah. As soon as I, as soon as we got on the runway, I had to pee. Mm -hmm. I held oh, it no. the whole flight. Not an oh, exaggeration. Geez. It was the, that's like what a six hour flight. It's a it's right around five, right around five. Yeah, and uh, oh, I man. I thought I was gonna die at the end of that, and uh, but you right. know what? I was successful. So there you go, there you go. Champion ruined you, bladder. Man. There you go. Uh, okay, but Dave. Mind now, over matter. <laughs> now that we've derailed 
let's get let's, let's get a good story in here. This isn't news that doesn't okay. suck, but it is news that doesn't suck. Wait, what? Um, okay. You know, I like it. I'm not actually putting in the intro to news that doesn't suck, but here we go. Right. Anyways, uh, so Petco has the Petco Foundation, which helps animal welfare any way they really can. They're out there looking mm -hmm. for things that they can do for animals. And right. during the holidays, they do holiday wishes where they mm -hmm. give out money to animal shelters that need help. But there's obviously a big need for this money. So, so they do a contest totally. and ask people to submit essays about how animals impact their lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they allow the person to choose where the money goes if they win, right? And so, uh, Sydney Hertzberg, a 13-year-old uh, from Ferndale, Michigan, she heard about the uh, essay contest and wrote an essay mm -hmm. about her cat, Mr. Mittens. Yes. Oh. Yes. So, Sydney... I love a name like that. Right? Like, I normally don't, but for some reason, when she said Mr. Mittens and I saw it's, a picture of Mr. It just Mittens... just differently. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's Mr. Mittens. That is totally right, Mr. Mittens. Right. Um, so Sydney has been dealing with postural orthostatic uh, tachycardia syndrome and oh, geez. a connective tissue disorder. Both of these. Mm. Uh, joints hurt. She gets dizzy. She has a lot of issues. And, and for a long time, they didn't know what was wrong with her. And people thought she was just you right. know complaining for no reason. They're like, tough it up. And then they found out, no, she has these problems. And, um, you know, been tough on her, obviously. She's 13. Right. It's not cool to go right. through that. Um, but, you know, she's tried to uh, live her life as normally as possible. And one of the things that she loves doing, she loves volunteering at her local animal shelter. So true. Uh, nice. One day, she came into the shelter. Someone had brought in a tiny kitten, found in the pouring rain. Only three mm -hmm. days old. Jeez. Three-day-old kitten. Oh, The wow. director of the shelter saw how much Sydney cared for this cat and let her foster mm -hmm. the kitten. And wow. that kitten was Mr. Mittens. Sweet. She, oh. she said she thought she was doing a great thing by saving Mr. Mittens, but it turns out Mr. Mittens was saving her. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Whenever her joints hurt... From her disorder, Mr. Mittens knows exactly mm -hmm. where to jump on her to relieve pain. He'll just jump on. Wow. Just jump on her. What the if heck? Knees hurting? Yeah, she'll jump on it. Hey, I'm here. I'm Mr. <laughs> Mittens. Her uh, and Mr. Mittens have no he's limits. He's got the magic touch. <laughs> exactly. They have no limits. She taught Mr. Mittens how to swim. He knows how to swim, oh. Mr. Mittens. He rides a skateboard. He can ride a skateboard. But what the heck? Their favorite thing is to go on hikes. When she's with Mr. Mittens, really? she said she has no limits. She feels like she can do whatever she wants and feels no pain. With Mr. Mittens, wow. she feels unconditional love that never will oh. be broken. There it is. Oh. Sydney with that essay won fifty thousand dollars and she gave it all Man. to the Ferndale cat shelter. There you go. Oh. There you go. And if that's not enough for you for a 13-year-old, she's not stopping there. 
She's planning on starting a program called Seniors for Seniors, a program where senior like cats that. are placed with senior citizens, and all the food and yeah. medical bills are paid for. There you go. Oh, cute. Yeah. Shout out to Sydney. Shout out to Mr. Mittens. Shout out. Yes. Mr. Mittens. Yes. Love Gosh, it. He's, and I'll tell you, he's a, he's a strong, big old cat now. I don't know how small he yeah. was when he was three days old, but he's a he's a healthy fella. He's a biggin'. He's a, he's a he's a big fella. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dave, good news. You have no need for concern. Mm-hmm. Um, Oak Island in North Carolina has finally mm-hmm. updated their lighthousing system. Word. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What 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 happened? Well, they got a new light. They needed a new light for their lighthouse. Someone needed to know the lighthouse was there, huh? <laughs> it's uh, it's a nice LED panel that you can apparently see for 24 nautical miles. Jeez. Wow, that's impressive, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty far. Now, just off the top of your head, what do you think a, a system like that would run you to get a to get a light like that? Hmm. Oh, man, I'd say a couple Gs. Yeah, you're right. 40,000 G's to be exact. 40,000? 40, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, I don't know if I'd pay that. Well, like, yeah, well, that's. That's where your tax dollars go. Well, that's not exactly, dude. This was raised by the actual Oak Island Historical Society. So there you go. Oh, um, okay. Some kind of historical society. Don't quote me on the Oak Island. It was something. It wasn't It wasn't federal yeah. money, though, or, or state money. I got you. Anyways. I got you. Um,. I was thinking, I was like, ah, it's cool and everything, but, like, you really need a fail-safe like that? Hmm. Yeah, I started thinking about it. I was like, is there any sea captain out there that's still sailing around around without GPS, without a phone? That was going to be my next thing. Without a radar that's like, oh, these clouds, they need to clear out. I I could just see the North Star. I'd know where I was going. Jeez. (laughs) Hey, do you use GPS? No. We just sail west until a giant blinking light tells us to stop. What? Doesn't everybody still use that? Come on. It's a l- <laughs> little weird. I, th- I, I mean, you know, 40,000? Do you really? Just saying. Just saying, Dave. But I, I know it, man. If you get a chance, go to North Carolina. You'll see a lighthouse that can shine for 24 miles away. Pretty impressive. Okay. Uh, Dave, when do you think... The last widow of the Civil War passed away. Hmm. 1935. According to People magazine, it was last week. Huh? What? Last week. And we, uh, first of all, of course we know People Magazine is quite possibly the greatest single source of historical information ever. So, so true. Um, here's, here's what went down, uh, Dave. Apparently, Helen Jackson. Helen Jackson mm-hmm. uh, died mm-hmm. last week. She was 101. Now, apparently, Helen Jackson was married to James Bolin a 93-year-old Civil War veteran when she was 17 years old. Jeez. Okay, I was like, wait, 
That math does not add up, but now I get what you're saying. Yes, yes. So back in the 1930s, Helen was providing care for Bolin, a widower Mm -hmm. who served as a private in the Missouri Calvary during the war. Apparently, Mm -hmm. Bolin didn't have any money when he was older, and because he didn't Mm -hmm. believe in accepting charity, he asked for Helen's hand in marriage as a way to provide for her future. What? Because he was like, hey, when I die, you'll just get all my stuff. Because that's the way it goes down. I thought he didn't have anything. Well, he didn't have any liquid assets. He's got stuff. He just couldn't, you know, he didn't have any cash or anything. So he was like, you'll take all my stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Small age gap there. 76... year age gap that's crazy few years um now helen didn't tell anybody about the wedding until 2018 Hmm. 2018 they went back though and they confirmed it like they confirmed it with the missouri historical society apparently there was Mm -hmm. the the actual wedding document in james boland's uh bible that she kept like everything was there Everything was there. Like, can you imagine oh working at gosh. the nursing home and this 99-year-old woman's like, hey, you know, I used to be married to a Civil War veteran when I was 17. And you're like, ooh, right. all right, <laughs> sure, crazy old woman. Like, Just, just think oh about that, gosh. though, Dave. Their lives, just their two lives, James Bolin and Helen, their lives spanned 178 years. Yeah, between the two of them. Between the two of them. James Bolin, born in 1843. Helen died in 2021. What? What? Wow. That's got to be the oldest couple together ever. Oldest ever in history. Like, it has to be. Like, that is insane. And Dave, just to bring this up, think about the Thanksgiving special. We were talking about Beulah McCreary, who's 108. And I said she could have talked mm-hmm. to people that were in the Civil War. Helen took it a step further. She married was, one of those people. Yeah. She said, I, I outdo you on that one. Buddy. Yeah. And <laughs> I see you and I raise you. It's crazy. <laughs> Beulah and Helen, both from Missouri. Something's in the water down there, man. They got mm. they got old folks. They got old people living into their hundreds. Easy in their hundreds. Damn. Wild. Okay. Stress-free living over there, I guess. I guess. Dave... <laughs> We are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest, the one, the only, fantastic Negrito, right here on the Doc G Show. Got it. 
up and I ain't never been no peanut. When I'm moving around in my region, I keep a thumper when I go react. I try to teach and preach to these suckers to stop doing that whole But they hella hard headed and stubborn and they gonna wind up in some motion. Calling himself a P, but he's a simp. A simp? Partner, you too polite, you gon' get pimped. If you heavy in the game, you can't be light. You can't turn a hoe into a housewife. A housewife. Let him in. Ooh, let him in. Sitting outside with a shotgun by the door. Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Hmm. Guys, I've realized over our two-week hiatus that I've been saying this all wrong. Mm. I kept saying podcast apps and stuff where you download it. I meant to say podcast platforms. Mm. If you know what I'm saying, that's what the real people are saying nice. out there. Nice platforms. So true. Nice. So Whatever platform you use, yeah. go look up the Doc G Show. Nice. Download us, listen to us, like, comment, all that stuff. God. We also have a website yeah. on the internet, yes. as the people call it. They do. www.thedocgshow.com. That's a URL. And we're on the Instagram, yeah. the IG, yeah. the Gram, yeah. at Doc G Show. Check it out. Nice. Nice, Dave. Way to progress. That's a fact. Way to evolve. Thank you. Nicely done. It's only taken a couple of years. You know, I mean, you, you you had time to reflect, though. That's the thing. You were like, wait a second. Yeah. I came into 2021 better than I left it. Yes. 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 Exactly. Um, okay. As you know, Dave, I like to throw out a couple international shout outs. We had some good yes, ones over the them. break. I got pretty excited about it. So here we go. First off, shout out Lithuania. Shout yeah. Out. Ooh, cool, cool. Yeah. I like shout it. out Land of the Rising Sun, Japan. Shout out. Yeah. Ah, thank you, Japan. You know it. Shout out to Latvia. Shout oh, out. Yeah. Latvia. Oh, yeah. Latvia. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Shout out to the boot, our favorite, Italy. Shout, shout out. out to Italy. Yes. Mm. Shout out to Brazil. Shout yes. Out. Brazil. Yes. 
All right. Shout out to España, Spain. Yeah. Man, you guys all over the globe listen to us. Thank you. Shout out to Ireland. Shout yes. out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the UK. Shout out. Of course. Go. Shout out to Austria. Shout yeah. out. All right. Shout out to now. I, I I think I might be able to call them this. Regulars. Vanuatu. Shout yeah. Out. Ooh. Yeah. Welcome to the club, guys. Yeah. Shout out to Singapore. Shout yeah. out. Okay. Okay. Shout out to Russia. Shout out. Shout out to right. Pakistan. Shout out. And Man, lastly, the whole dang globe. This is it pretty pretty much. Pretty much. And lastly, our neighbors up north. Shout out to Canada. Shout there we out. go. There we go. Hey, let's go. Okay. All right, Dave. I got one leftover story here. Uh, <laughs> it's an a couple things that made me chuckle about this. Word. Uh, Dave, I think we can all agree. Uh, we tend to do stupid stuff when we get bored. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yes. You know? Yes. Um, this story is an example of that happening. Hmm. So, police and firefighters were called to the scene of an historic abandoned hotel in Johnsonburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, mm-hmm. The hotel was on fire. Jeez. And uh, the police realized the building was a dangerous structure and abandoned. So they just tried to control the blaze, right? So Mm -hmm. they were out Mm -hmm. there trying to control the blaze. And as they were doing that, Andrew Higdon walked up to police Mm -hmm. from a nearby auto garage. And he was like, oh, hey, what's up? Uh, I know... I can give you the description of the, the suspect. Word. I saw him coming out of the hotel, and so uh, I'll uh, I'll let you know what he looks like. And they were like, oh, okay. And he was giving them all these details, and all the details, they were like, there's no way you could be able to tell these particular details if you were that far away from the dude, right? He was giving like all these mm. teeny little details. And uh, so, so they went to the auto garage, and they asked the owner of the auto garage. They were like, yeah, yeah, you know that dude? And he's like, uh, yeah, that dude's been walking in and out of our garage all day drinking alcohol. Mm. And they were mm. like, huh. And they went back to Andrew, and they were like, yeah, so here's what he said. And he's like, okay, listen. Yeah, I may have set the building on fire. What? May have been me. Oh, gosh. I may have went into the hotel and lit several curtains and a pile of mattresses on fire. That could have happened. But don't worry. I made sure no one was inside the building before I set everything on fire. So. Wow. And then the police, of course, followed up with, um, why'd you do that? And Andrew said, I was curious and bored. (laughs) <laughs> which, which you know, I I started off the story, Dave, with the board part, which I totally get. That okay, yeah. like I mean, I'm not an arson, but I get it. You you're bored. You're like, mm-hmm. all right, try this out. But curious, like, what did like, you you know what a mattress looks like on fire? Like, yeah, you know what fire looks like. <laughs> what did you, you think know? was gonna happen? Like, uh, if I set this on fire. Do you think other things will get on fire? I don't know. It seems risky. Mm, let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. Like, 
I hate to be a broken record, Dave, but phone a friend. Hmm. I'm just saying. Um, phone a friend. Someone would have told him, don't do it, Andrew. Like, hey, Jeff, it's Andrew. Uh, I'm pretty bored. And I was curious to what would happen if I went into this abandoned hotel that I'm beside and I lit some mattresses on fire. Word. And Jeff would be like, um, well, don't do it. Nope. Because it's going to burn the hotel no. down. So true. I would suggest reading a book or exercising. Try that instead. And Andrew would be like, you know what? That sounds good. And now, instead of being in jail, Andrew would be a little bit of a fitter person. I'm just saying, you know, True. phone, True. phone a yeah, friend, man. folks, phone a friend. Just give it a shot. Give it a shot. And then, you know, I mean, if Andrew wouldn't have admitted it, I feel like he might have brought it up to me later in a conversation unprovoked. Hey, you know, I burnt down he an would've... abandoned hotel sometime. What? Come on. Why? I didn't need to know that. You did not need to tell now me you're that. you're an accomplice. You so true. not need to tell me that, Andrew. <laughs> Okay, Dave, are you ready? We're going to stop faking the funk. Yeah, man, let's go. Okay. Listeners that do not know what stop faking the funk is, because we don't do it that regularly. I brought it back a little bit ago. Anyways, I give Dave two headlines. One's real, one's fake. He tells me which one's real, which one's fake. Here we go. First headline. Woman swims 280 feet under ice for Guinness World Record. Second mm -hmm. headline. German freediver holds breath for 18 minutes for Guinness World Record. Which one's the real headline? Oh. Which one's the fake headline? Um, I think 18 minutes is the true world record. And the other one's the, the, the fake one. And the other one's fake. <laughs> I got you again, man. I got you again. Dang it. Uh, the actual world record is longer for holding the breath. The man, that's because I know that that's actually like people can do that. The um, actual the 280, I didn't know if it was long enough. The actual uh, world record is 22 minutes, 22 seconds. Crazy. Man, that's crazy. Crazy. My longest is like four mi four minutes or something. Oh, I'm not anywhere close to that. I'm like a minute and a half or something, man. Blam. Uh now the uh the the swimmer was a Moscow swimmer. She went to the frozen mm -hmm. lake Lake Bekal in uh Siberia mm -hmm. and she mm -hmm. went under uh, under the ice. Uh mm -hmm. her name is Yekaterina Nick. Necrosova? Huh? Sova? Huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Necro Necrosova? Not, not really that important. Necrosova. Got it. Nope. Got it. That's it. I'm positive. Sure Anyways. you did. Nope. She's, she's 40. She uh, she was only allowed, you couldn't wear, you know, any wetsuit or anything like that. So she wore a one-piece mm -hmm. swimsuit and swam mm -hmm. a distance of 280 feet under ice without surfacing for air. Jeez. Took her around 90 seconds to complete. It's insane. Man, that's really good. That's uh, almost 100 yards um, yeah. underwater. And just think In about ice. how... Yeah, I was about to say how much how everything constricts. And, oh, yikes. Yeah. Uh, really impressive. Really impressive. Okay. Um... What like I just want to know, 
because me, I, 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 th- I would love to do that and like see and like swim in the ice and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm so afraid of being that person that like you don't have a hole to come back to. <laughs> so I would hope that she had like some sort of crew. I would, ge- yeah, I would guess there's like to, some like, kind of guide. Yeah, I'm guessing there was like you know like some kind of guide on the side that was ready to just break it if she couldn't find anything or something like right. that. You or know, or she just stopped swimming. Yeah, yeah. Up, <laughs> oh, she's done. Oh no. Um, okay, Dave. Uh, here is the second birthday suit. Are you ready? Yes, sir. I gave you 40% on this one. Um, it's the Ooh. other actor. And okay. I got to be honest. I uh, I I might might have put should have put it lower. I don't know though. <laughs> I don't know if you uh, the, the, and it's another craft role. Here we go. Uh, okay. Born in Melbourne, Australia, on January thirteenth, mm-hmm. nineteen ninety. Hmm. Our birthday. Oh, he's younger. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Our birthday suit wearer was two. Has two older brothers, who are also actors. Uh-huh. When he was a kid, uh-huh. he mainly loved to surf. When he was nineteen, okay. he moved to the United States to pursue acting. His big break mm-hmm. was in two thousand eleven. When he was chosen to play in the Hunger Games as Gail Hawthorne. Hmm. He then played in Empire State, Paranoia, and Independence Day Resurgence. Back in 2009, our birthday suitwear started Mm -hmm. dating Miley Cyrus. In 2016, they became Uh. engaged. They were married in. Liam Hensworth. Oh, wow! Yes! Yes! How about that? My goodness, I am impressed. Wow. Thank you. I, Thank you. I I wouldn't I probably wouldn't have been able to get that one because I did not watch the Hunger Games. And I mean, I knew the dude was Australian and I knew he was a Hemsworth, but I didn't know what his first name was. Like I, I would be able to get Hemsworth. That'd be it. I'd be like my, uh, my I knew more about Miley Cyrus's dating than uh, <laughs> Than Katy Perry. <laughs> the other, yeah, Katy Perry. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, now Miley's out there doing whatever Miley does. You know. Anyways, yeah. Yep. Liam, uh, he was. Was, uh, he, was he Thor? Or that was his brother. That was his brother. I think that was Chris. Yeah. I think Chris is Thor. Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure it's Chris. I'll have to check that. Um. Anyways, Liam turning thirty. Big three zero for Liam. There you go. Nice. Happy birthday, sir. Now, apparently, he was vegan for like eight years, nine years. And then in oh, gross. in 2019, he got severe kidney stones and he was hospitalized. Jeez. And oh, shoot. he said he had to rethink what he was putting into his body. So I don't know if that was rethinking veganism or what. But that's just what I, I read. Mm. I, I didn't care enough to read into the rest of it. Nope. But just there you yeah. go. There you go. So anyways, happy birthday, Liam. Enjoy it. Uh, live it yes, up, sir. man. Kidney stone free. Big 30. There we go. Right now, Dave, it is time to go talk to a man named Fantastic Negrito. That is right. All right. Very excited. We'll be right back on the Doc G Show with Fantastic Negrito. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. 
This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are starting off 2021 with a terrific guest. Most people would say fantastic. He is a two-time Grammy Award winner, the one, the only, Fantastic Negrito. How are you today, sir? Hey, what's happening, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, better than some, not as good as others, but I'm <laughs> grateful. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say that. Uh, you know, we've been trying to get you on the show for a while, and uh, I've had some life livers on the show, some people that have been through some things. So true. But... You've got to you've got to be at the top of that that list, if not the top person. You've seen and done a lot, man. Yes, and I, I'm you know the good thing about that is that you are kind of can be you can be of great service to people when you've um, survived so many different things. For sure, and you're a great 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 help to other people, and that's what I like most about it. Very nice. Well, let's take uh, let's take the listeners just through uh, you know uh, so, some of the the highs and lows uh, for the folks that don't know your story. You uh, you were born on on the East Coast, and I heard in another interview you said your dad had banned music, popular music, in your house, uh, and and yeah. it didn't really play a big role in your life. So at, at that young Absolutely. age. Do you? What do you remember about those years? Oh, musically, or just in general? I remember. Uh, oh, you know, I remember. You know, my, you know, being an oddball, being outcast, kind of being a weirdo, being you know, basically almost the only black kid. Yeah, it was in uh, rural, rural Massachusetts. Um, I remember. Oh, just, you know, drama. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, just a lot of uh, drama. And, you know, at that age, the drama is uh, magnified times a thousand. Going yeah. through, you know, there's there's bad stuff that's going on in your house. And, you know, there's some good stuff, too. But there's always some good stuff that you can't. Yeah. You know, I think the things that are, the things that, you know, are tragic are also the things that help you and shape you. Things that gave you great shame at one point in your life can also be the things that um, soothe you and heal you. Yeah, so it's, a, it's it's complicated being a human being. <laughs> That's a fact. Definitely, it definitely is. Uh, it got a lot more complicated for you when you moved. So you moved to I, I would assume what you call your home now, uh, the Bay Area. You moved there around the age of twelve. And now I heard I heard you ran away from home at that time. Like you left home and you never came back. Is that true? Yes, I left home and I never came back. I mean, um, wow. You know, I uh, you know I, I'm not I, I don't call myself a street dude. Yeah. But I but I was def, but I was definitely raised in the streets. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a different. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- those streets were calling me and. You know, my dad was a, a devout Muslim, and I was wasn't down with any religion. Like it wasn't just yeah. Islam. I just didn't like the how all these religions just they. I don't know. It just wasn't for me. Yeah, it, you know. It, but it is for other people, and that's okay. But I knew at twelve that it, that it wasn't for me. Wow. And my dad was pretty rigorous 
and strict about it. And, you know, I was the eighth of 14 kids, so there wasn't a lot of room anyway. So I decided it was it was better to not come back home. Now, did you, did you have a game plan, or was it just like, let's get out there and see what happens? Well, I think at that age, you know, you, it was about, you know, smoke some weed and um, have some fun <laughs> and, 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 and don't go to school. That's true. That was my game plan. That's I just wanted to be free. You know, it was, just, it was too much. I wasn't feeling much attention at home. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. just that my family was, my siblings were all, you know, going into foster care and it was just a mess. Jeez. My dad was angry and he was, it's funny how some of the most religious people are always angry. Yeah. Yeah. But, he was angry, and, um, you know... There's definitely a correlation there, for sure. Um, yeah, and I just, you know, I, I may he rest in peace, and I never um, I never felt bad, like, in the sense of, like, blame, or I'm grateful that those were my parents. And very, I know that's strange, but I'm, re- I'm very grateful that um, I grew up that way, because what it did is it... Um, you know, allow this guy to exist. Yeah. And I always look at it that way. I don't want to, um, yeah, I just don't want to look at it that way. It's like, oh my God, it was so bad and life was so bad. And I'm, I never liked the idea of being a victim for anybody. For sure. But it was not good. I mean, that's not good for kids to grow up like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it gets, it's a complicated web, this thing, uh, you know, this journey and this saga of being a human being. And the most important thing is that in the end that we, we have all these scars and we're able to uh, talk about them and give back and help other people navigate. And that's what I try to focus on. Make it a little easier for them. Yeah. Well, well, you, you, uh, during that street life, it took a little bit to get to music. And when you started learning oh, yeah. music, I heard you learned it. You, you snuck into Cal Berkeley music rooms. Did you, Absolutely. Did you actually go to a lecture, or was it all you just tinkering around in the practice rooms? I would just go to the practice room, and I, I didn't. I just listened to what they were, what those kids were playing. All those college students. Wow. I just copied them, and I didn't know anything about music, but I thought I know I wanted to. I was interested in it, and um, what it was is those were scales. Yeah. I learned later that I was playing scales. <laughs> Man, that and uh, yeah, so it was cool. It was um. You know what I mean? It's a different time, no internet. I was a kid wandering, trying to, uh, you know, stay away from, you know, violence and guns and drugs. Yeah. I did a lot of bad things on the streets, and I knew that they, they were leading to some some of my friends that I was growing up with, deceased. I know it's an old cliche, but yeah, dead or in jail, all that stuff, you know? And I, I thought that, you know, playing music may be better than lying in a casket. That the I would I would agree with you hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, yeah, if you, I mean, if you weigh those two things out here, like the, you know, you're not, it's not going to be a debate. Like, doesn't you know? take too much. No, uh, it amazes me though that you know just you tinkering around with it, listening to other people play scales. You you got that. I mean, there's obviously a gift in there that you can you can extrapolate. From that, because I I could tell you I could sit there for uh, eight decades and I would have never learned anything. I would have been like, what? Well, I have to be honest, man. What I learned, you know, what I learned in those rooms is that I wasn't interested in um in in a, oops, that's some sound there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't interested in um really being a player. Yeah. 
And I know that comes as a shock to people. I don't. I, I was interested in being a writer and a composer and a yeah. producer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, you know, I'm not some great player. Yeah. I think someone had put me on a list of great players on the guitar, and I had to like uh, it DM them and go, "No, man, you, you just <laughs> I look cool holding that thing, but I'm not a great player." <laughs> Scratch me so, off the list. Yeah. So anyway, I I, I was really interested in like these tools. Yeah. These new tools. I'm like, wow, this thing it can get me. I can get this song yeah. going yeah. with these new tools, and that's. I mean, I always envied like musicians who really got sat there and really got the joy out of playing. I think I get the joy out of creating. Yeah, a whole different thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I've I've had that conversation so many times with folks as far as a you know uh, a a musician, a instrument jockey, and a and a song creator. And just the the differences that you see in the two, as far as, uh, like you said, like you know the 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 ability to play versus the ability to create, and there's definitely a a huge difference between the two. So once you absolutely once you learned your your craft a little bit, you went down to L.A. and I you know I I, I, I I'll fast forward for the listener. The uh, Prince's manager hears your demo, and Jimmy I uh, signed you to a deal in 93 which when, when when i heard about this when i first started listening to your music and i went back and and looked at your your life i mean that's that's at the height of interscope i mean death row records and no doubt and nine inch nails and all of these oh, huge yeah. huge people what was it like being in that environment for you at that time and then there was little old me. <laughs> um, well, you know, it was um, interesting. I mean, it was, um, you know, again, I was always standing on the outside because, you know, people were like, well, what is it that you do? It doesn't, we can't figure it out what you do. And um, yeah, so I never quite fit into that. I knew I was never going to be a mainstream artist. I knew that. Mm-hmm. And um, it got frustrating at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty frustrating. And this is to tell the truth. So it was extremely frustrating because you're young and you're like, yeah, I accomplished my goal. I made it. Yeah. And you think like everything's going to be perfect and you get into this room with, with these people and you find out that none of it's perfect, that <laughs> you really were this freakish outsider Yeah. and you really didn't fit in and you weren't really, you know, you're never going to be on the cool team, kid, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's about embracing that dude, you know, and then later you can, I, you know, I've learned to it took me like 30 years to fully embrace that dude. For sure. For what now, I mean obviously, I mean you did you made a couple of uh, of of uh album, you made a you made some songs and like I mean Saturday Song is still out there. Like what do you think when you hear a song like Saturday Song now? Well, I think like well that kid was, you know, he's really different. Um he's original and what he wanted to do and he was trying to uh really hard to be famous on his own terms yeah and um i don't think it just you know i was doing that in the middle of you know gangster hip-hop and nine yeah. snails and no doubt and there's no no room for that the music industry was devouring itself at the time it was starting to you know make stuff and then make 20 other things just like it yeah and it really wasn't a, a place for me but i think like hey this kid had some talent you know and but just, you know, no one really knew what to do with it. I listen. Yes, I don't really listen to that stuff. When I hear it, I'm like, okay, it's, it's, it's 
it's interesting to me. And I'm like, okay, this is a talented young person here. It's just, it feels like a different world. You know, now, now I could put it out probably and like, you know, do okay. You know, because yeah. um, I think now it's shifted where it's like, Hey, you can do, um, more accepting. Yeah. More accepting of, yeah. Of I mean, you can do genres. like different things and not, you don't have to fit into this narrative, you know, for sure. For sure. Well, so I, I think if anybody, if any of the listeners know your story, they know the the sort of the next part uh, when you got in a really, really bad car wreck in '99, and uh, it it left you in a coma. Uh, you, you left you without a playing hand, uh, which is you know one yes. of the things as far as why. I, I you, like you said, you're playing with that that damaged hand on the guitar still. Um, and it amazes me that you you still decided to be a musician after that. Like, how long did it take for you to say after you got in that wreck and you came out of the coma to say, "All right, back on the horse, let's play some music." Well, I think it's you know I, I'm a pretty determined person. It was um, pretty much right away. I mean, I recovered, and I was like, "Well, I'm, let's just do it." You know, <laughs> I think I've always. I'm uh I've always been that kind of dude, like man, you know, I'm not taking no for an answer, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show you. I think I always need to show people. I'll show you. <laughs> I think that's what made me go to L.A. Like you know, I'll show you guys. I'll be back with my record deal. All that I've always been nice. that person, and then you know, I think with the accent, I'll show you that I you didn't believe in me. All that you know, I, I'm sure it all comes from. You know, child neglect. You know, the, 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 well, I mean, you know, just a, a little bit of the the album cover is a little bit of sh showing you. You know, I'm back. Here it is. There I am in the bed, and I'm back. Yeah, I mean, that was. Yeah, definitely. That's you know, that's part of your life, and and, and I I hope that they're all, you know, not vindictive, but they're teachable moments because I think that's really what our purpose is here: is that we're giving, teaching, living, loving, learning helping mm -hmm. i mean that's i felt better as a person when i wanted to do that for sure for well so after after you got over that you you had a bunch of music come through that wasn't fan fantastic negrito you had uh blood sugar x and uh chocolate butterfly and all these things and you operated right. a nightclub uh out of a warehouse illegally which what I got? Yeah, I gotta feel like there were some wild times. Can you? Can, yes. Can you remember like one of the most wild moments at the at the top of your head at Club Bingo? Can you remember the craziest thing that went on there? I don't think I can say that on the air. <laughs> I I don't doubt it. I just say this. I just say this. Hey man, the club operated once a month. Mm-hmm. It uh, opened at midnight. Jeez. Mm. And it didn't close until 6, 7 in the morning. And in the same night, you know, there was jazz bands, punk bands, you name it. Wow. Soloist, soloist, you know, saxophonist, just get up and just play. It was just, you know, nude body painting. It was just wild. Man. Man, it was life. It's what it's what young people should do. <laughs> I I do not disagree with that. That's for that's for sure. Now, no drugs though. Surprisingly, you know, I didn't allow drugs. I was never into drugs. People always thought I was, but no, no drugs. 
Well, hey, you can have you can definitely have fun without drugs. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, I did all that without drugs. I always want to tell young people that I did all of that without drugs. And luckily, and see, and the even better part is you remember all of it because you did it without drugs. Yeah, there you go. Uh, exactly. So it was just like you know what it's like. We can do it. Hey, they don't like us on Sunset Boulevard. Then we're on Forty First in Maine. <laughs> And we create our own world and we create our own possibilities. And if people don't think you're cool, I I think you're cool. I think your band is cool. And it was part of the Afro-punk movement. Nice. That was happening at the time. And that was a smaller movement. Now it's a huge festival, but those are the same people. Nice. That were involved in that. You know, where uh, those are the people I was involved with. James Spooner. Yeah. Who started it. So it was... um, quite a time it was a really exciting time uh, to be alive as as all times should be as long as we're alive but it was as an artist it was just fascinating well right right after well not right after that but that segued into you sort of you getting out of the music career you know you you basically sold all of your equipment in 2008 well I was turning 40 oh so you just said done and that's it um, yeah, I was like, you know, 40, what am I going to do at 40? Well, I'll stop all this. You know, I'll stop living in a nightclub, <laughs> um, an illegal nightclub. <laughs> and I'll, I'll give up the studio. I'll try, try something else. You're 40. I mean, I think, I don't know, every decade, I kind of kind of want to feel like you're doing something different. Yeah. And then I thought, well, I'll, I'll get married or something, you know, and I'll, I'll go be a farmer. <laughs> that, And I got real excited about that because I wasn't excited about music anymore. I didn't really have anything to say. Yeah. And I think when you don't, then, then put it down. Yeah. And I think if that happens again, I'll put it down again. I don't want, I really respect music and creativity. And yeah. I only want to do it as long as I have something to contribute. That's what it is. Yeah. Contribute something. That's what's great. You're contributing, man, you're feeling life and you're feeling, you know, the blood and the spirituality run through your body. Yeah. Well, now- I think when you're not, it, it sucks. Well, now I heard, like, I heard what sort of sparked you getting back into music, that bringing that joy back was, was your son. You, you got, yeah. you got him to stop crying because you, you jammed out a G chord and he was just amazed. Simple G chord. And I, I never forget that moment. Nice. I never, I never forget that moment. I mean, that was a moment that changed the course of my life. Yes! And, and just from that, you, you saw, you saw his joy and it sparked, it sparked your joy. Yeah, it just it, it just opened it just opened the portal again, and it, it, it awoken the beast. Nice. Now I hear your, your, your Uncle Horace back in the day. I heard he sort of oh, yeah. introduced you to sort of what you started, uh, Fantastic Negrito with, sort of that blues type music. Do you think if right. if, if he wouldn't have if he wouldn't have given you that sort of tutorial? Do you think Fantastic Negrito would be what he is today? Uncle Joshua. Uncle Joshua Horse Brown. He was my great uncle or grand uncle. What do you call it? Because he was my <laughs> grandmother's brother. Yeah. So he was a he was an old dude, a character. Yeah. Man, that dude, yeah, his you know, he had a big influence on my life and who I was gonna be later. I don't maybe not. Mm. You know, he's. I still keep his picture, and my kids know his name. Nice. And he was my grandmother's brother, so he was a generation removed. But he was just such an interesting person, and he was kind of a, the outcast of the family because he was a drunk, you know, 
He would drink every day into his 90s. He'd drink that um, Johnny Walker red and grape juice. Wow. That's... Yeah, that, that, was, that was his thing. That's yeah. a combo right there. That is a combo. Yeah, so I would... I, I would, When I went to go visit my rural southern relatives, he was who I hung out with. Nice. Because he was... A, he was a, you know, he was the dude. And that was Virginia, right? I'd sit on the porch... Yes, rural Virginia, Southern Virginia. So I would sit out there with him because my you know, family in Virginia were landowners. I mean, way back. Yeah. So they were like, you know, black folks who, who owned land. Yeah. Whole different thing. Yeah. Whole different thing that I did to my... So he was the one that was like, you know what? You guys are born. <laughs> I like driving fast cars. I like whiskey. I like women. Uh, you know, I like blues, country, country music, and blues. You know, whatever. He was he, he was, was the rebel. He was the rebel. His arm. He had one arm. Oh. Uh, he lost his arm in the sawmill because. You Whoa. Know, and he told me he had moved up to Harlem and became a cop, and he was um, fired. Mm. And I, I, I literally, you know, asked him like, "Well, o- Uncle Joshua, like, what happened?" He, he told me he was corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> That would get you fired. I love yeah. that answer. Yeah, I, I never forgot it because he was uh, sipping on that Johnny Walker brand. He goes, "I was corrupt." <laughs> I was like, "I like this guy." Honest, honestly Straight corrupt, up. honestly no corrupt. <laughs> so uh, you know when you uh, when you first started and you you got back into music, you like the first thing that you did was you did you did a little busking. You went out there on the street. And you you tried well, you to, know, yeah. Why why did you do that? Hey, listen, you know, no one people thought number one, I was crazy. <laughs> you know, a guy who just got married, had kids, and um, you know, middle aged dude, what are you talking about? And you know, I'm doing this kind of hybrid thing that's not um genre specific and they're like, Man, everything is stacked against you, you're a fool. Yeah. You should do this and you should do that because then people will like you. Yeah. And that was the that was the opposite of uh, you know what I believed in. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what? I don't even care. I don't want to be. I'm not. I just want to play, and this is great, and this is therapeutic, and I'm loving my life. And I just wanted to go out and play, and I thought it was very useful. And I I thought of having a son, I go like, what could I contribute, man, to this damaged world? And I thought music at train stations. That's all I was thinking about. Nice. Sometimes I'd take him out there with me and we'd play and we'd have fun. Nice. And you started enjoying the music again. One thing about the music industry is you can end up not enjoying it, you know, anymore. Yeah. I thought that's what made me quit is that I just wasn't enjoying it. No. You know, always trying to fit into someone's, um, I know I say it all the time, someone else's like repressed fantasy of like who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just like, I got sick of it. Well, you, not not fitting into somebody else's uh, th- their idea of what you should be won you two Grammys. That's a fact. So you know you're so last days of Oakland won a Grammy and please don't be dead won a Grammy, and I, I've got a feeling that you didn't feel this way. But when you came back for that next album, did you feel any pressure? Zero. Yeah, I think if you listen to the record, you'll see that I felt zero pressure yeah. because. I just make what I want to make. I don't. I was. I was surprised as anybody uh, when when a Grammy and you just got to really. That's a slippery slope. I don't get into that. I mean, if you listen to sonically, like what I 
It's, yeah, it's I remember very people different. telling me, they were like, what are you doing? I remember like, you know, an engineer going, man, are you trying, is this a rock record? I never, <laughs> like they were freaked out. Like, man, you just want a Grammy. You have the sound, man. And I'm just like, you know, the sound is uh, the truth. Yeah. I don't care about all that. I'm not, and I, and I think have you lost your mind yet is, is completely different from please don't be dead. So. Oh yeah. For- so there you go. For sure. Well, so one of the things that I heard about Have You Lost Your Mind Yet, you you wrote individual songs about your friends and how they're dealing with sort of the social media world, which I think is so cool. How, yeah. How did you come about that idea? Because that seems so so wild. Like, what, what made you think of that? Well, I think, you know, you want to, I was like, you know, I need to be more micro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Less Less macro. I've done macro enough. I've done rallying against the system, American pills, wrecking kills, working poor, gentrification. I thought, what about people? Yeah. Why don't I write about my dysfunctional friends and <laughs> how we're coping in this, uh, you know, this new age, yeah. this new medium of uh, the social media thing and how many followers do you have and how many people like your picture and mm-hmm. are you someone, you know, where do you... Ah, it just seems interesting uh, to me. Very interesting. Like, how do we? What does that do to us mentally? When we're all staring into an iPhone, like for count. I mean, how many hours a day do we stare into these handheld devices? Yeah, and we look for our joy, our happiness, our I don't know, company. Yeah, pretty interesting. So that was interesting to me, and I like to write. I want to do things that are interesting, and I don't want to repeat things and just try different things. Nice. And uh, write about different topics, challenge myself sonically and creatively and artistically, and I think that's how you stay alive. For sure. For what now? Have have it's been several months uh, since August since the album came out. Have have the friends found out that they were the subject of the no, songs? No, not all of them. No. No, I don't really tell them. They, <laughs> I don't tell them. I remember I wrote even on "Please Don't Be Dead." I had a song about someone and I didn't tell them. I don't really tell them. You keep it for yourself? Keep it for myself. I mean, eventually some of them will find out. Yeah. I think yeah. like maybe one. The smart the smart ones find out. <laughs> the introspective ones are like, hey, hey that sort of seems like yeah. me. I think that's me. Hey, that's me. Hey, now, the, one <laughs> of the, the, the things that just grabbed me immediately about this album, I was looking at the back, as soon as it came out, I was looking at the back and the songs. You have Bay Legend E40 on the record. Say what? Now talk about not fitting into a genre. E40 doesn't even fit into rap. And how did it come Exactly. How did it come about that you got him on on that song? Well, I mean, I didn't know that he um even knew who I was, but um he did and I think there was some mutual admiration going on, which I was very cool. pleasantly surprised and um Yeah. We just you know, we met, we're like, you know, we have to do something. And um, it just so happened that I, I wrote, I, you know, I, I was a fan of his and wrote kind of a retake on his, um, I want to be saved. Yeah. But this time, you know, it was about me. <laughs> Speaking of people on the album, that one was about me. And, yeah. You know, all the that was shoved down my throat. Yeah. Nice. Now I, I came out. It came out great. I mean, his his verse is, is fantastic, and it just oh man, yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, it flow it flows yeah. so well. Like it doesn't. A lot of times, you know, I feel like sometimes 
when rappers come into more of a rock element or blues element, you feel this sort of forced nature of their verse, and it's well, not it doesn't at all. feel genuine. Yeah, I think when you got E Forty and um, Adesanya and Greedo, you got two of the most genuine motherfuckers out. That's true. Yes, that's true. That's very true. And it it came out that way. It was genuine. You could recognize yeah, yeah. it for sure. Well, definitely. Yeah, it's 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 oddity. Yeah. Well, along those same lines, you had another Bay Legend rapper with your most recent release, Try and Try, with Zion I. Uh, how did, oh, yeah. How did that happen? I think it's the same thing. I think we, uh, you know, us birds of a feather end up flocking together. <laughs> and um, that's what happens. You know, I'm like, okay, well, man, I need you to get down on this. And I'm like, I'm with it. Nice. And nice. vice versa, you need me to get on some, I think, I'm going to get on 40s next album, you know. Very cool. So you just, yeah, it's a good thing, you know. You just, you got to keep that um, authenticity going. For sure, for sure. You have to keep that that realness, that realness. That's what I tell, that's what I tell everybody. One of my favorite things that, that Tupac used to always say was real, recognize real. And it's true. That's a fact. You 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 recognize. Very true. You you recognize that authenticity in people for sure. Well, uh, yeah. What's the what's the plans for 2021? Since it just started, what are the plans for Fantastic Negrito? Well, I'm launching my uh, record label called Storefront Records. Oh, very right cool. Th- yeah, right on 34th in San Pablo. That's like my big project, and it's time. You know, I want to start branching out and producing other people's records. Nice. I produced, you know, I produced three Grammy-nominated albums in a row. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it's time to um, let other people in. There's a lot of talent in the Bay Area. For sure. And I'm looking, you know, it's like I want to, you know, real recognize real. Yeah. You know, so. 100%. I want, I want real people. Very cool. And so that's what I'm, that's my big um, push for 2021. It's just, yeah, looking up for all this local music. Awesome. That I think is great. Finding great artists. I'm interested in artists. Nice. Real artists, you know. For sure. For sure. Well, one question, non-music related question before we wrap this thing up. I love to find out about somebody's hometown through the food. Now, I have been to the Bay Area a couple of times, but I got to ask you, if I come to the Bay Area and I ask you where I should eat, I got one night, got one meal, where are you telling me to go? Woo! I might have to cook it for you, you know. <laughs> Where do you go? I... Um, I'll just, man, let, let me plug my boy. Okay. Chicaro. Okay. Plug my boy Chicaro, man. Masabaga. M-A-S-A-B-A-G-A. Okay. Man, he has some, he is like a, he a Japanese dude. He cooks some real authentic Japanese food. Ooh. Masabaga. Ooh. I like and some it's Japanese. It's real different, man. It's like, yeah, it's like, like mackerel sandwiches with lemon. It's crazy. Wow. So you get like he, he makes like um like um what's this tuna belly burgers. Ooh, that sounds good. That sounds good. I'm, I'm gonna I'm, like, yeah, he's different. And he, he's a good friend, so I would say go there. Nice. I'm gonna check it out for sure. Well, we are up against okay. the break, but I wanna thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Well thank you very much for having me. It's been a uh, honor and a pleasure. And be safe out there and make good choices. For sure. Listeners, you can keep up with Fantastic Negrito online at www.fantasticnegrito.com or you can follow him on Instagram at Fantastic Negrito. Right now, let's take a listen to Chocolate Samurai right here on the Doc G Show. 
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Fantastic Negrito. There it was. Man. Yes, sir. What a life. Like I said, living living on his own since 12. And I got to be honest, Uncle Horace sounds like a a good time. I want to hang out with that guy. Who who drinks... Who so true? Who drinks Johnny Walker and grape juice? What? Ew! What? A man. That's, a man. When he said that, I was like, "Really? I don't know if whiskey goes with grape juice. That's a that is a strange concoction right there." I wouldn't do it, but <laughs> that is rough, man. That is rough. And then, Fantastic Negrito on this new album, getting a song with E Forty. That's what? right. So cool. So cool. Pretty dope. Pretty dope. Uh, anyways, thank you to Fantastic Negrito for coming on the show. It's fantastic. Hopefully yep, when he's thank you. when he's touring the world again, when the world is safe to tour, he'll stop by the studio, hopefully. You know? I like it. I like it. Uh, yes, okay, Dave. It's time. You know what it's time for. Hmm. Shoe and tail, baby. Mm. He was a little unsure. He was a little unsure. He was like, "Ah, it's been a, it's been a two week break. I'm not sure. Is this it? Is it?" Yeah, I was. I, I was, is this the gap? Is there another gap? No, we, no. You're right. Back? It's shoe right. and tell. I knew it. What I do, knew it. What do I have? I the have first kick of 2021. I have a new one hot off the press. The reverse Ooh. flu game twelve. Say what? Yes. 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 Mm. Are, have they been worn yet? They have not. They have not. Oh, oh. oh still smelling so new and luscious. Oh my gosh, like leathery, all mm. shiny and just oh man. Now, Dave, obviously, as I said, this is the reverse of the flu game. Yep. So, where mm-hmm. there normally mm-hmm. is black, there is red. And where there is normally Correct. red, there is black. That's a fact. So right, it's uh, it's you know, it's it's I don't it's know. It's a bold shoe. I think I like the I think I like the original flu games more, but I still like these. Sure, they're, they're still good. Yeah, you know, they're still they. I mean, Definitely. black and red always works. You know, um, right. It I is agree. like you said, where, where it makes it a much bolder shoe with the black where the black is on these shoes. And having and, the red silhouette. Yeah. 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 It's uh it's 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 a lot of red. It's you're seeing red, man. So true. Um now, just for you folks that don't remember, I remember watching the flu game. I remember. I remember that June night. I remember checking it out. And I remember the mm-hmm. the, the the talk that day. Oh yeah, Jordan has the flu. What? What? Girl, come on. And I was worried because they lose that game. That whole series is going down the crapper. That could go Utah's right, way. Man. And I was like, oh, no. This is not good. This could be really bad. Then he comes out. 38 points. Seven rebounds. Mm. Five assists. Three steals. Mm. 15 of those points coming in the fourth quarter. Just a... Jeez. Just a force. The man among boys. Just a force, man. And you could see, too. You could see from the start of that game, like, you could see he had that look like, I shouldn't be here. Nope. Yeah, this yeah. ain't good. 
right? And you could tell, like, his mm-hmm. skin just didn't look like Jordan's skin. It looked like sick skin, you know? Like, it just, you were yeah. like, oh, oh, I feel like he's aching right now. I feel like you just, you and didn't, didn't matter. Didn't matter, man. Just, just uh, single-handedly, too. Scored the most points, just dominated that game. Oh, oh. Didn't, didn't it come out memories. later that it was food poisoning and it wasn't the flu, but they just yeah. called it the, they like kept it as the flu game? Yeah, they, they went into detail on the old last dance about that. And I'd heard that before. Right. Uh, yep. That's in one of his books as well. Uh, that, you know, mm. he, he got a pizza and Tim Grover and his friends were there as far as that were the only people in there. And uh, Jordan was the only one that ate it. Um, yeah, and I love mm. I love how the haters still are like, oh, yeah, right. He was drunk. It was more like he drank too much. And I'm just like, wait, what? No, you could see that guy just looks sick. Yeah. Well, and like, why? Like, you, come on. Like, why would he be partying like that, drinking a ton of it? Like, right. I mean, he he might hang out before a game, but why would he do that? He wouldn't do that. Right. Like, it doesn't make no, any no, no. sense. He's you're too just, competitive. Yeah. yeah, you're just like, come on, guys. It's, But, I, I mean, impressive. One of the most impressive finals performances of all time. So impressive. Totally. Anyways, totally. okay, there you go. First first kick of 2021. There it is. Woohoo! Love it. Love it. All right, uh, Dave, time for the last birthday suit. Now this All one, right. he's my, a, my sick. He's a little. I was gonna say my luck's is gonna run dry soon. I'm sure. I this one's a little bit. I mean, it's in your wheelhouse. It's football, but he's a little obscure. It's a little obscure. Okay. So. Uh, I gave you seventy-eight percent. So okay, here we go. Best of the day. Born in Prophetstown, Illinois, on January thirteenth, nineteen seventy, our birthday suit mm-hmm. wearer grew up loving football. He ended up playing football mm-hmm. as a defensive lineman at the University of Iowa mm. from nineteen eighty-nine mm-hmm. to nineteen ninety-two. He went on to mm-hmm. the Arena Football League. And played for the Milwaukee Mustangs. He only played for mm. one year before he decided to go back into coaching. He first started mm. at Iowa as a graduate assistant and then a linebackers mm-hmm. coach. He then went to Kansas okay. State to be a defensive coordinator and then to Wisconsin mm. to be a defensive coordinator. Then in 2006, mm-hmm. Wisconsin asked him to be the head coach. He had six hmm. good years at Wisconsin, leading them to three Big Ten championships. Jeez. But in 2012, nice. he left to go coach at Arkansas. It didn't go Weird. so well at Arkansas. Over five seasons, his yeah. record was 48 and 45. He was fired mm. after that last season. In 2000, December of last year, it was announced that he would become the head coach of Illinois. Name mm. that birthday suit wear. Hmm. Man, he, he's on a bunch of teams that I do not follow. <laughs> uh, I got no idea. Uh, I'll give you a hint. He, he's he got a flat top. What? Does that help you any? He's got a flat top. Nah. Nah. Ah, well, surprising. You threw me for a loop. I thought this was the one I that you would have. one. 
the sports one I didn't get, and I got the two. And you got movie the two actors. dudes. You got the two heartthrobs. You didn't get the football oh, player. Oh man, Brett Billima. Brett Billima. Oh, Brett Billima. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they call it Billima? I call it Billima. Yeah, Billima. Yeah. I've heard people say Billima. Yeah. All right. I'll go Billima. Why not? He's bulimic. Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, Anything from him. That's a big dude. You know, uh, you know, no offense to Brett, but his facial expressions make me think he suffers from hypertension. So true. He just. Oh, man. He just. Look, he has that hypertensive face, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. He just exudes <laughs> just like, ah, I've got tension. I feel ah. like every football, every head football coach has hypertension. <laughs> I don't know. Are there, like, uh, what's his face? Um. The dude at Mississippi State now, uh, I forget his name. Oh, I don't know the new one. He used to be, he actually used to be the head coach at uh, at UF. Um, I can't think of his name. He was a, he was a, a coordinator for, for Nick Saban. He doesn't look like that. He looks pretty You're laid back. you talking about Dan Mullen? No, no. Dan Mullen definitely has hypertension, 100%. No, um, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, no, it's in reverse. He's at... Mississippi State now. Uh, oh, currently. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know who's there now. Yeah. Um. But uh, also Mac Jones. He Anyways. Mac Jones doesn't look like he has. Uh. Has. Uh, right. That's true. He's because yeah. he's about to fall asleep too. You know. Because. Right. Right. He's like what? <laughs> he has seven? orthostatic hypotension. Mike Leach. <laughs> that's who I'm looking for. Mike Leach. Uh, oh gosh. Yeah. He doesn't look like he has hypertension. Like, he has other chronic disorders, but not Wait, hypertension. What? He looks pretty laid back. <laughs> like, yeah. Right, right. You know. Steve Sarkeesian, yeah, hypertension. Yeah. Lane Kiffin, hypertension. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Now that we've named all the hypertensive coaches. I, I, right. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go actually measure it and see how good we were. Hey, can we measure your blood there pressure? You we just wanted to see if we yeah. were right and you having hypertension Dude. or not. Are you on <laughs> any medications? Time. ACE inhibitors? No? <laughs> Beta blockers? Okay, just checking. Anyways, Dave, this is my time to tell you about the fantastic show. And we got some. Please do for 2021. We Let's got go. some. I'm very excited. We've got Barnes Courtney coming on the show. Nice. Red hot, nice. this dude. Oh my gosh. This guy doesn't like to wear a shirt. What? He's not a fan of wearing shirts. He likes to wear I don't blame him. leather jackets and no shirts under. That's how bad Ooh. he is. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, he's a bit of a rocker. I'm excited to talk to him. It's going to be a good time. We've also got the fantastic comedian Joe List coming on the show. Very excited about this. Great comedian. Sweet. Along with that, we've got Bones Owens coming on the show. Mm -hmm. Bones mm -hmm. Owens. Nice. Nice. He's got his uh, debut album coming out real soon. Real excited about that. It's gonna be solid stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it on vinyl, of course. Gonna put it on the wall. It's gonna be good times. Got um, to. Got to. But I'm very excited for all of these shows. I hope you guys are too. Dave, it's time to wrap up the first show. Put it in the books. First show of 2021. Damn. Doc, I think they're gonna like it. It's a good start to the year, my man. Yeah. 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 Any uh anything that you, you wanna admit to me that's uh, questionable? In moral judgment. Wait, what? Um, I, I 
on on many airplanes. No, I don't. Be- I don't believe you. Some- no, no, no. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes, multiple times. What? Yeah. Good lord. Is, what kind of is that? Is that was that <laughs> was that in the conversation on on microphone? I forget now. What? Yeah. Oh, it was there. It was there. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was during the show. Okay. Yeah. Good. 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 I didn't <laughs> want that to be one of those cro- those things that didn't cross over. <laughs> no. No. It was there. Yeah. You're you're right. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was it. Well. Good. Okay. I'm I'm I, that's. That's not questionable. That's just from 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 the window seat. That's from just, the window seat. You mean you just threw it back there? Or Ew! No, no, I meant like I was that annoying guy that kept asking people to get up so I can go to the bathroom. We have derailed. We have derailed. Yeah, uh, by the way, it was Chris Hemsworth. He was Thor. There you go. There you go. Uh, okay. And he's been named a global ambassador for Hugo Boss. So there you go. Nice. Yeah. God. He's, he's a boss. Sexy man there. Sexy man with his muscles. Anyways, all if, right. If you were more Hugo Boss, maybe people wouldn't tell you random things like that. You think? Okay, I'm going for it then. Possibly. Hugo Boss. He, he get me. Get me as a as a, a world ambassador. Sponsor him. I'm totally Sponsor this man. I'm totally worth it. Trust me. Oh. Turn him into turn him into a boss. Oh. Will not, Hugo boss. Will not happen. Uh okay. Until next week. <laughs> zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo dah. <laughs> <laughs>